most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. I was That's trying to give right. you a hint. It's Wednesday, hump day. Uh, you know what? For myself, it seems like work never stops, so it's I, I never know what day it is. It's not like I get a weekend, I'm, I get a Saturday to chill, a Sunday to chill. I'm always on the move, so it's just work. I just enjoy it, man. It's, it's good, good to be someplace that you enjoy. Who, who does security. We were walking in this morning, mm-hmm. and he was telling me that he's on this new thing. He got a Fitbit, mm-hmm. and so it also programs when you're supposed to sleep. And he said he's been getting seven hours of sleep, and he feels like a brand new person. Yeah, that's great. I was like, that's amazing. He was like, Angela, you really need to get seven hours of sleep. And I said, that would mean I have to go to bed at 9 o'clock every night. And that's impossible. That is impossible. Because I wasn't even home yet. Well, yesterday I did get to sleep at about uh, 9, 10 o'clock, which was okay, great. Okay, so good. Yeah, I do want to, though. I think that would be amazing if I could plan that. But these early mornings, people say, oh, you get used to it. And if you're listening, you're up with us, too. And yes. you know you don't get used to it. No, nah, you do get used to it. I'm I, w- not. I wake up regardless. Even on the weekend, I wake up early. It's just you my body's used to it. I wake up about 5 every, every Saturday, I Sunday, I wake up regardless. at like... 6.30 or 7, and I feel like I slept a full great night. I wake up regardless, and even if I, I I try to sleep later, my body's just up anyway. So, anyway, Benjamin Crump will be joining us this Attorney morning. Attorney Ben Attorney Crump. Benjamin Crump. Yes, I love Ben Crump. I think he's, uh, you know him from re- representing Trayvon Martin, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Brown, mm-hmm. and he's a civil rights activist as well as an attorney. So whenever something goes down and we see people getting uh, racially profiled, killed by the cops in unfortunate situations like that, uh, attorney Ben Crump is on the scene. All right. Why are you walking in so so uh... late? No, not so late. Nigga, I ain't late. My contract says 6.05. One day y'all gonna realize that, okay? Why you got so much spunk in you today? I feel good. What's happening? How okay. y'all doing? Yeah, you got What's a little today? orange on? Come give me a hug. I want a hug. I haven't got a hug. Let's make a hug. Look at this hug. I was just listening to Guy, Peace of My Love, and I knew you wanted a piece of my love this morning. There you go. I can tell the future. I came in listening to Guy. Okay. You can get a piece of my my love is waiting for you. Envy is true. I knew you wanted a piece of my love. You had your little loose, your little Uzi Vert strolling this morning. Oh, man. Salute to little Uzi Vert. I don't wow. know him, but you know, God bless that brother. He's right. a sassy savage. I appreciate him. All right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news. What are we, we doing today? About? Well, you of course, the Democratic do? debates were on last night. So. They were good. Even though I wasn't Not home, really. I did see some of the highlights because I feel like at this point. I saw all of them. That's what I pay attention to. You ain't missing so nothing. we are going to have some of that for you this morning in case you didn't see either or you want to talk about it. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. All right. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee. Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, last night, baseball. I actually like when the game's at 4 p.m. 
Because I, I, I was in a late night. I got to see it early. But the Yankees did lose. Houston Astros beat the Yankees 4-1. Houston leads the series 2-1. And Washington swept St. Louis. They are heading to the World Series. Hopefully, now, the Yankees will be, too. Now, Yankees fans, y'all keep that energy now. Y'all keep that same energy y'all had after y'all won game one. After game one, y'all right? was talking real big. You're right. Keep that same energy. You're right. You're all right? right. You see me with my Cowboys 3-3. Three three, I come in here with all my Cowboys right. gear on. Okay, with your own. Yankees gear I'm going to have my Yankees. You see, I'm still wearing blue. I got, don't worry about oh, it. I'm still my Yankee blue. fan. You could be a crip. <laughs> be a crip, man. This is navy blue. Oh. What else we talking about, ye? Uh, so let's talk about the debates last night. As I told you yesterday, going into the debates, it looks like Senator Elizabeth Warren is now, according to the polls, uh, topping those polls. She's beating out Joe Biden by she a little bit. Up, she got beat up on last night, though. So that actually is what means that she's on top because everybody was attacking her last night for her Medicare for All. But let's talk about Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Now, he did address his son and the whole Ukraine controversy, his son, Hunter Biden. As you know, Hunter Biden did give an interview yesterday and discussed everything that Donald Trump has been trying to get information about him from being on the board in Ukraine and getting money from China, all these allegations. Here's what Joe Biden had to say. My son did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. This president, on three occasions has invited foreign governments and heads of government to get engaged in trying to alter our elections. Rudy Giuliani, the president, and his thugs have already proven that they, in fact, are flat lying. My son's statement speaks for itself. I did my job. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. No one has indicated I have. We've always kept everything separate. Even when my son was the attorney general of the state of Delaware, we never discussed anything. So there'd be no potential conflict. Now, Kamala Harris brought up some things that she felt weren't being discussed in the debate that's important, like women's rights. This is the sixth debate we have had in this presidential cycle and not nearly one word on women's access to reproductive health care, which is under full on attack in America today. There are states that have passed laws that will virtually prevent women from having access to reproductive health care. And it is not an exaggeration to say women will die because these Republican legislatures in these various states are telling women what to do with our bodies. Women are the majority of the population in this country. People need to keep their hands off of women's bodies and let women make the decisions about their own lives. Now, Amy Klobuchar, who is already concerned about qualifying for the next round of debates, uh, talked uh, to Elizabeth Warren about her plans for Medicare for All, and can this really happen? I believe the best and boldest idea here is to not trash Obamacare, but to do exactly what Barack Obama wanted to do from the beginning, and that's have a public option that would bring down the cost of the premium and expand the number of people covered and take on the pharmaceutical companies. That is what we should be doing uh, instead of kicking 149 million people off their insurance in four years. And I'm tired of hearing, whenever I say these things, oh, it's Republican talking points. You are making Republican talking points right now in this room by coming out for a plan that's going to do that. All right. In addition to that, yesterday was big for Bernie Sanders. Now, he didn't address any questions about his health. Yes, he but did. He, oh, well, it says here, I didn't see the whole thing, but yeah, he said he didn't. Did. What did he say? He said that he feels great and he feels fine, mm -hmm. which I actually thought that the ageism question, because they asked ageism questions to Bernie, Elizabeth, and Joe Biden. I thought that was mm -hmm. kind of whack because nobody can predict their health. It don't matter what, how old you are. You right. can be 32 years old and have a stroke or a heart get attack, sick right. or get cancer. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't like that line of questioning. All right, so he just said he felt fine, but he didn't... Yeah, he said he was good. He didn't discuss, like, why he was in the hospital or... 
anything. Well, you know why he was in the hospital. He had a heart attack. All right. So they, okay. Um, so anyway, in addition to that, he did get some endorsements yesterday. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, and Rashida Tlaib have announced they are endorsing Bernie Sanders. Well, I don't think they've so announced it big. yet. They're announcing it on Saturday in New York. So that's big for him, but yeah. everybody knows about it now. They are going to the, be endorsing the, the rumor is that Bernie Sanders. Right. All right. All right, so that was big for him yesterday. Everybody's talking about that now. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was any clear-cut winner last night. I think it was just more the same from everybody on that stage. Um, at, at this point in the game, everyone who is who you think they are, I think it's like seven candidates who need to bow out gracefully and give the five people who really have a shot at winning this thing more time to speak to American people during the debates. Because mm-hmm. I swear it's like they be cutting people off after 15 seconds, like they post an IG videos. Right. It's like they on their IG story, and they're trying to get everything in in 15 seconds, and then they get cut off. Yeah, we need, we need to, to narrow it narrow down. It down. A lot of people are not gonna make it. Narrow it down. And I was thinking about Bernie. And I just don't know about the Bernie. I, I, I like Bernie, but the you fact don't feel that, the burn. Yeah, the fact that he has he's having heart problems. You you, you, you got to think about that. I'm gonna be honest. You got to think about. I that. watched that debate last night, and I actually said to myself, I said Bernie might be the best bet. Really? I did say that. I mean, yeah, I know he's older, but I mean, I just. The, the age doesn't bother me. The fact that he's had heart complications is what, you know. Yeah. I just didn't think the question was fair when they asked him, you know, they asked, they basically asked him to, to predict his health going forward. Can't do and that. Can, no, nobody, nobody can do that. Nobody can do that. All right. Well, that's front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up, wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Wait, before you start telling why you're mad, can I tell you why I'm mad? Why you mad? I'm mad because Envy owes me money and he has an attitude with me when I ask for the money that he owes me. Like, you don't owe me money. I said, I'm going to give you a little bit of money back, all right? I'm going to give you a little bit. If it's that little bit, why haven't you given it to me already? I got bills. Me too. All right, well, I'll get, I'll get it to you when, when we get paid again. Envy, just give me my money. I'm gonna we give just you got money. paid yesterday. I'm going to give it to you now. We got paid yesterday? Yes. No, we didn't. Yes, on, we did. Oh, yesterday was the 15th, huh? Now we got paid on Friday. What y'all talking about? You know who else got paid yesterday? The IRS. They definitely got I paid. They definitely yesterday. had to pay them. Yep. It's cool. It was a good I'm not time mad. to get paid. Y'all owe it. Y'all deserve it. <laughs> Hello, who's this? <laughs> What's going on? Good morning. It's your boy Rich from Brooklyn. What's up, bro? Get what up, Rich? Chest. What's going on, Charlamagne? Look, Charlamagne, I want to tell you something, man. Talk to me, we King. Yo, 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 yo's in the morning. We missing you with the yo, yo's, man. You gotta get there early, bro. I ain't gonna lie, I was caught up in my feelings this morning. I was driving and I was listening to a uh, guy, and I was listening. At first, I listened to Peace of My Love, <laughs> then I started listening to Less Chill. And you know, I love Uptown Records. You know, they one of my top three uh, favorite music movements of all time. So I was real happy for you no know, reason, I, man. I want to spread some. I want to spread some inspiration, though, for y'all. Cut me off. Yeah, yes, right, go ahead. I want you. I want, I want all the single parents out there, let y'all know it's going to get greater later. Keep your head up. I know it may be a struggle right now, but you know what I mean? Just stay down until you come up. Check out my page, Rich Fatherhood, on Instagram and Twitter. It's for the single parents out there doing the right thing by these babies. You feel me? Yes, sir. Okay. Hello, who's this? Yeah, good morning, Envy. Good morning, Charlamagne. Good morning, Angela. Peace, King. What's up, bro? Uh, yeah, man, I'm having a crappy morning this morning. I, you know, just came outside, I had to boot on my car, I had to pay to get it no, over. No, I, I used to hate that. That yeah, used to happen crazy. to me all the time in Jersey City. And so no need for me to yeah. tell you how good I feel this morning, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel great. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, but it, but it ain't really about me right now. I really want to, I call this morning to say uh, RIP to a friend of mine, Sean Grant. Angela, I know you got some ties to the JetBlue family at JFK. And I just want to uh, say, you know, rest in peace to him. Because uh, he passed on from a heart attack. He's a young guy in his forties. Damn, we were just talking about that. Now, now listen. Yeah, I was, early, I was just early, having this. Early, he was, 
yeah, earlier was saying, you know, you can't predict your health. But That's I right. That and, 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 um, you know, I just want to say rest in peace to Sean Grant, you know, from Hollywood Rex. And for all the JetBlue family that I used to work with there, you know what I mean? We work with, I worked with him for many years, um, over 10 years. And it's sad to know that, you know, someone that I worked with for so long passed on so young. So uh, rest in peace. Our condolences to his Definitely family, his yeah. friends, yeah. and to you, of yeah, course, because that was your friend. Yeah, and, sh- and shout out to everybody at JetBlue and JFK. Shout out to the JetBlue you know, family bro. out there. Salute to, yeah, salute I mean, to my uh, girl, Keisha. Salute to my girl, Keisha yeah. at JetBlue, JFK. Yeah, so uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. I don't know. I didn't know I was going to be like this choking up by, about it, you know, but, you know, someone that I worked with for so long and is like a brother, you know, so. Okay. Uh, R.I.P. Sean Grant. All right, thank you, guys. All right. Yeah, that's sad, man. That's why I was saying last night, I didn't like that question that they posed to Bernie. They posed it to Bernie, they posed it to Elizabeth and Joe because they're so old. But I'm like, yo, nobody on that stage can predict their health. No one. Absolutely. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, Hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's up, Envy? What's up, Trav? <laughs> Yee. Hey, hi, Trav. What's up, Charlemagne? What's up, sis? How are you? Hey, man. I'm not off T.I. ass yet, man. What? I made my own top 50 list last night, right? Oh, I'm God. What, what list did you in make? The industry. You got everybody from State Property on there. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> What's your who list about? You got? Ass men in the industry who publicly embarrass a woman. Guess what number T.I. is on my top 50 list? Oh, boy. What? Charlamagne. Yes. Which one do you think he is? Give me a number. I'm not playing I'm, this I'm, game I'm not you. playing that game because I'm sure Y'all that... Scary. Huh? Y'all scary, it's fine. No, we no, all make it's mistakes. Just, it's, just, it's just men make mistakes sometimes. We, we, don't, we don't mean to publicly embarrass all women. It's fine. You don't have to mean to be number one. You know, he's number one. That's, a, that's not true. Now, Trav, let's he wouldn't talk- be number one. Bill Clinton would be number one. No, Bill, no, Clinton, no, no, Bill Clinton no. was the president of the United States of America when he got caught out there cheating, bro. He'd be, he'd be number one. I said top 50 in the industry. In the oh, industry. in the industry. industry. Oh, okay. Well, Trav, let's talk about some positive things. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to see you on What's Sunday. Positive? Um, we added yeah, some. We added somebody to Lip Service Live. Do you watch the Hulu uh, Wu Tang and American Saga series? Um, no, I don't. I don't watch. I know Dave East is on it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, TJ, he plays Old Dirty Bastard. He's going to be there too. He's from North Philly. Just so you know, he's also an artist. I know you're going to like that, and I know you'll be there. Is he cute? Yeah, he's cute. Is he cute? <laughs> hey, y'all, what's happening? Is, 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 is he looking for a man? I don't know Bye, about all that, Trav. Oh, sheesh! Okay. Look at you out here embarrassing your man. Yeah, embarrassing your little light skin boyfriend that you was up here with. Embarrassing that your boyfriend. Let me ask Taylor what that guy's right, name okay. is so I can give him a shout out. Thirsting for somebody Bye. that you don't even know. Hello, who's this? <laughs> Sheree. Hey, Sheree, get it off your chest. Good morning. Hi, Angela. Hi. Peace. What's happening? Good morning, Mama. Good morning. I just wanted to um, call and just spread some positivity. I just wanted to let everyone in the world know that God is good all the time. All the time. When you need him, when you want him, he always shows up when you need him. Yes. So I just wanted to say that and spread a little love to all the teachers. We are the unsung heroes of the world. Um, I just wanted to, you know, shout out to the teacher that changed my life. And made me a better person and wanted me made me want to be a teacher. Miss Leonard, North Carolina's finest, thank you for all you did for me to help to help me 
um, help the next generation. Hey, right. you, know, you, know, I, you know I love all the public school teachers. My mother's a public school teacher. She's been a public school teacher for over 30 years. She fake retired right now. But salute, yes. salute to all <laughs> the public school teachers. Yeah, Especially in the Carolinas. Y'all are so overworked and underpaid. It's a goddamn shame. It is. All but, right. you know, we, we, we're, we're helping the next generation. So, you know, that's that's the, the greatest payment of all. All righty, mama. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you. All righty. Hello, who's this? This is Day One. Day One. What's up, Day One? This is, thank you, uh, DJ Andy, for being bald-headed. Okay. Okay, you're welcome. You bald-headed <laughs> Why are you thanking him? <laughs> I've actually grown my hair. Look, you see my hair growing a little bit? Boy, you got the fake hairline, and you need to stop playing with people. There's no fake hair. Come touch it. This, I haven't touched it. I haven't got a haircut in over two shut up, weeks. man. Look at You know, I kept seeing people say that on the YouTube page, and I was like, what they talking about? Now you showing me? Look, this is real. You hair. are Dominican touch for this. real. Touch it. I want, I want you to touch it. Touch it. Touch Bro, it. that is Dominican. Is that hair what? Now I want you to touch this hair. Watch out. Just because his hair don't mean it's actually yours. It could be Brazilian. It could be Malaysian. Negro, please. Whose hair is that? I know Milky Way when I feel it. I know that cheap-ass weave when I feel it. What do you want, Day One? That boy got a one-inch weave, Taylor. Envy. No, I don't. Show me one-inch weave. That's one-inch inch Milky Way. That's real hair. Taylor, you think that's real? Hell no. feel like carpet. It's real. It's real. Day One, goodbye, man. You see what you started? Get it off your chest. I can't hey, believe you just in here showing off that fake hair. This is my hair. I'm letting my, my hair grow. Why don't nobody believe you? Get it <laughs> off your chest. This is so crazy. Yeah, we got rumors on the way. Yes, and y'all going to put some respect on K-Cam's name. We'll tell you what just happened to him. He backed out of a performance, and we'll discuss why. K-Cam? K-Camp. Yeah, it don't sound like K-Camp should be turning down no performances, but I, I, would, I, would, I would like Listen, to hear about this. Listen, I'm not going to lie, though. I, after I saw this happen, I was thinking about some K-Camp songs that I really enjoy. K-Camp got good them. records. He yeah. got dope ass I wouldn't be mad. Right. Ain't nothing to K-Camp cut that performing. picture off. That dee, 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 dee. Money, baby. Money, baby. K-Camp money, baby, joint. baby. All right, rumors on the way. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Cuba Gooding. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Cuba Gooding Jr. has been charged by New York prosecutors with groping two separate women in the past two years, and he was indicted on charges of forcible touching and third-degree sexual assault. In addition to those two New York women, there are 12 additional women who will testify that he has groped, bitten, or licked them without their consent and after little or no prior interaction. So he's not being charged for those incidents. They took place in bars and clubs across the country, allegedly. But prosecutors are saying that because of this evidence, there's a pattern of sexually predatory behavior, proving that the two New York incidents are an innocent misunderstanding. And he was for, for groping? Yeah, for yeah. groping. Jesus Christ. I know there's people who are around in the 90s who are in those Uncle Luke videos and Dr. Dre videos Freak who Nick. are shaking Greek their fest. boots. Freak Nick, the classic in Miami. Not excusing any of it. I'm Not just simply all. saying, like, you know, you think about movies like The Wood. Uh, remember that movie, The Wood, mm-hmm. when they were playing the game where the guy said, I'll give you a dollar if you grab her ass. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like I'm just thinking about all the behavior that, you know, we used to tolerate. Even as in high school, like, 
Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody should know it's not okay. You're right. You well, know, we, well, we, at this well, point. Well, back then we didn't. Back Girls then, grabbed my lifestyle. ass before too. Like it was, it was Absolutely. both ways. You're not gonna sit there and act like that wasn't the lifestyle back right, then. Right. But now we know, and it's important remember, that women have Nelly spoken up to start a to start a whole movement so people know it's not okay. Oh, absolutely. Culture changes. I'm just saying that he's an old guy. So being that he's an old guy, he just never let go of his old ways. Clearly. So in February 2011, he allegedly grabbed a woman's arm and then uh, reached inside her shirt to squeeze her bare breast. Mm-mm-mm. That's what she's alleging. And in November of 2013, he approached another total stranger who was at a hotel bar for a work event and licked her neck. And she said they were posing for a picture together when he allegedly squeezed her buttocks and said something to the effect of, you've got a good piece of ass. Lord have mercy. Mm-mm-mm. Now think about how normal that type of behavior used to be. Well, I used to see back in the day. Remember when the video when the girl went to go hit the volleyball and the guy ran up behind her in the Dr. Dre video and took her top off down. and yeah. found her butt like, I will Man. say, though, being in a club even back then, if a guy licked your neck, that's not anything that feels like it's acceptable or you should do that, you know, yeah. just because you're at a bar. I mean, I don't, never felt, And I don't think any guy, you know, a real man would never think that was okay. Like, just to do that. I can think of 95% of our behavior back in the day that was not okay, including that type of stuff licking on the neck. But none of that, and nothing I named just now was, was Well, okay. shout out to all the guys that would never participate in things like that because they're like, I'm not going to invade someone's personal personal space. I know plenty of guys who would never do anything yeah, like but that. I'm, but but you can, we can acknowledge that the behavior that we used to partake in in the 90s was wrong. I didn't lick nobody's I neck. I didn't lick no necks, but we're not going to say and that. And you I, wasn't walking around grabbing people's asses and putting your hand down their shirt was and them, licking. You was at them homecomings in Virginia. Yeah, but I wasn't doing that, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of people who would that. never you do never that. You never grabbed a girl's ass when she was walking by you? No. You've seen it happen, though. Yeah, and I get it. Yeah, all I'm, right. I'm That's sure, I'm but saying. I'm saying there's a lot of people who would never partake in that. All right, now, Tiger has signed a multi-million dollar deal with Columbia Records. So congratulations to him. He said they definitely understand the global brand. I have a lot of fans worldwide in places I've never been, like South America, and in places I have been, like Asia and Europe. They can help bring that to a larger scale. So congratulations to him. He signed a deal with Columbia Records. Um, okay. He always puts out some big smash. He stays relevant. Label still giving relevant. out multi-million dollar deals. Yes. Really? Tiger yeah, especially one. when they know they're going to recoup that. Tiger, get, Tiger gets about two hits a year, and he stays on the road. He stays performing. That's a hell of a bet, bro. On Tiger? I would do it on Tiger. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a hell of a bet. I don't know. I would do it on Tiger. Tiger's not as big on the East Coast, but on the West and, and the South, and especially crossover world, they love him. Mm-hmm. Especially, all you need is, like, one hit to recoup all of that. Are they actually getting this money in their pocket, or the deal is worth... It's always a structured deal because usually it's when you hit certain numbers, you get an extra amount of money. So as long as you hit the numbers that they would project that you should hit, then you get the money. I would take that bet on Tiger. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Now, K-Camp was supposed to perform at Prairie View A&M Homecoming, and he backed out because he said he was receiving a lot of tweets saying that they didn't want him to perform. <laughs> That's messed up. I just was at Prairie View last week, right? <laughs> I love Prairie, Prairie, Prairie View. Salute to Prairie View. Y'all are crazy. I've been to Prairie View a few times Me in too, Dallas. But they got mad love in Prairie It's your mad love in Prairie View. They but do. they will get on you for some ish, okay? Because when I was saying I was going there, I had just came from Wayne State University, and I said Prairie State. And when I tell you there was like three people that was going crazy on Twitter. Well, you named the school wrong. Right. It was a, <laughs> But it was a mistake. It wasn't like I was trying to diss them. It's just mm. a mistake. I just came from Wayne State the day before. It was a slip of the tongue mistake. I said it right prior to that. So anyway, it was fine, though. I went down there and I met some amazing students. But I will say those people were loud and going in. And I think intent matters. Like it wasn't like, let me try to play the school. It was just. They don't know what your intent is on social media. Well, anyway. So even so when you got there, K-Camp, they were still screaming at you? No. Oh. They were actually great. Okay. And it was an amazing experience. Now, K-Camp has since put out a, a song 
called Homecoming over the baby's intro instrumental. Listen to this. Woke up to some tweets about our homecoming. What? While I'm reading all this off shit, I'm still thumbing. <laughs> still gunning. I got racks split it with the guys. I swear to God, they gon' hate it when they look in the rise. I got a pretty bitch named Nina. Keep her on my side. No, I ain't had to cop the lamb, but I just love to glide. Deep looking at me, still probably hating because I'm inside. Hey, baby mama, I'm a truck it just like Roll Tide. I like K-Camp, man. First of all, I think Would K-Camp is very under... I, I think he's completely underrated. Would just you give because him a multi-million dollar deal? Not as much as Tiger. No way. But would you give him a multi-million dollar deal? But K-Camp can also... K-Camp also does great hooks for other people. Yeah, exactly. right for other yeah. people, yeah. too. So the same logic y'all use for Tiger should apply to K-Camp, right? Because K-Camp's written some hits. I think yeah, he's yes. right there. He did Blessing, Comfortable, Money Baby. That's right. Cut her, cut her off. off. I would give K-Camp a, a check, but not as big as Tiger. Tiger is... Uh, he's a crossover artist. I didn't say as big as Tiger. I just oh. would you give him some multi-millions. That's all. Yes. Okay. And K-Camp also went through some things that we didn't even know about. Listen to this part of. Uh, the homecoming song you put out. Last year I lost my daughter, do you know the pain? But y'all don't know cause I don't let y'all in on everything. No. It's been plenty sunny days that I just pray it rain. Yeah, yeah I've been going through some issue devil on my brain. Yeah. Put plenty of this in position and they switch sides. It's alright, I'm still popping like a fish fry. I like, I like K-Cam, it. I do, I really like K-Cam. He's a good, he's a good dude lie. too. Every time I see him, he shows the utmost respect. It's a good Sign dude. him. I don't have a label. How do you know he's not signed somewhere already? (laughs) A multi-million dollar deal. They signed. K-Camp is signed anyway. Yeah, he's he's fine. K-Camp's doing all right out here. If I had an opportunity, I would. Mm-hmm. What did he do? Let me see. Um, I know he was managed by TJ. I thought it was Interscope, but I could be wrong. Yeah, K-Camp is signed to Interscope. See? I knew it. Yeah, I just asked the question. Yeah, K-Camp is doing fine, trust me. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. Now I'm going to play some K-Camp in the mix this morning. Yeah, as you should. All right. Now when we come back, front page news. What are we talking about, front Front page news? Front page news? Uh, If you're going to Taco Bell to get some ground beef, uh, just know that you might not be able to get any because there's been a recall. All right, we'll get into that next. Why are you doing like that? You mad at Taco Bell, John I love Taco Bell, man. All right. Well, they have vegetarian options. (laughs) (laughs) Front page news is next at the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, uh, let's get into some front page news. Congratulations to Washington. They swept St. Louis. They head into the World Series. Now, yesterday, the Yankees lost to the Astros. With that energy, though. Four to one. Come on, Yankees. Now, With we got to wake up now. We got to wake up now. Now, after they won their first game, I saw I was. you on Twitter. I, I was saw talking guys crazy. like Premium Pete, Deezus, and Mara. All you New Yorkers was, was. so amped. I'm still, I'm still in. No, still got not. that energy. I still see got it. that energy. We're winning. It. I don't feel it. But come on, Yankees. I want to take my pops to the World Series. So, come on. We don't. They don't believe you. No, now you're just begging. Nah, man. <laughs> let's get some front pages. What else are we talking about, you? All right, well, let's talk about Taco Bell. They have recalled seasoned ground beef in 21 different states. And that's because a customer complained they had found metal shavings in their meat. So that recall was issued on Monday. And that's 2.3 million pounds of seasoned beef that they actually had to recall. No disrespect to Taco Bell, but I haven't eaten Taco Bell since I was a child. Mm. Okay, and the Bible says when you were a babe, you think like a babe. But when you were a man, you put the ways of childishness behind you. You put the ways of youth behind you. That was a, a youth move for I me. was never a Taco Bell lover. I never really liked Taco Bell. Nah, nah, they had the well, now when I was in high school, I dated a guy who worked at Taco Bell. I used to I used to work at Taco Bell. Not that long. I, I worked at Taco Bell for two weeks. My sister was the manager. See? She fired me after two weeks. I remember my dad would be excited because he will give me, like, big bags of Taco Bell. <laughs> 
I never really, I never really mess with Taco Bell. Nah, I love myself too much to be eating Taco Bell. All right. At this point in my life. Now there and is, I do, and I do too well. Let's talk about the debates from last <laughs> night. Let's get back into that, okay? So some other things that happened. Julian Castro, he was talking about police and gun violence and the role of police violence in our nation. Here's what he had to say. In the places that I grew up in, we weren't exactly looking for another reason for cops to come banging on the door. And y'all saw a couple of days ago what happened to Tatiana Jefferson in Fort Worth. A cop showed up at 2 in the morning at her house when she was playing video games with her, ne- with her nephew. He didn't even announce himself. And within four seconds, he shot her and killed her through her home window. Mm-mm-mm. She was in her own home. And so I am not going to give these police officers another reason to go door to door in certain communities because police violence is also gun violence. And we need to address that. Yo, I agree with uh, everything that Julio Castro said, and I'm glad he brought it up. I just didn't understand why he was saying it during a conversation about gun control. Like, I didn't understand the point. Was he saying we need to take no guns point. from police? He wanted to get that out, though. That, that was He wanted to get that out. He wanted to stand on something last he night. He also released 58 endorsements before that debate happened yesterday. That was just weird to bring that up during a conversation about gun violence. Sounds like, weird. I didn't get it. Like, you, you, take, you say you want to take guns from cops? Like, I don't know what he was trying to say. All right, now, Elizabeth Warren, in the meantime, you know, she's in the front running when it comes to polls right now. She's beating Joe Biden ahead of those debates from last night. So a lot of people were coming at her because it seems like she's the person right now that you need to make sure you beat. And so Mayor Pete Buttigieg had a back and forth with her about health care. You have not specified how you're going to pay for the most expensive plan, Medicare for all. Will you raise taxes on the middle class to pay for it, yes or no? So I have made clear what my principles are here, and that is costs will go up for the wealthy and for big corporations and for hardworking middle class families. Costs will go down. A yes or no question that didn't get a yes or no answer. Your signature, Senator, is to have a plan for everything except this. Now, is Elizabeth Warren, is she the one that want to raise the taxes like dumb high? What do you mean? For a certain class of people? Well, she didn't say what class of people. They keep asking her, will uh, taxes for the middle class go up? How will this happen? And she's not able to answer those questions right now. She might have a plan, but then how do you execute that plan? Yeah, we got to hear this plan because there was a rumor that she wanted to raise it to like 70% if you make over a certain amount of money or something like that. And she did say that taxes will go up, but we don't know who's going to be affected the most by that. She explained it here. I thought she said she wanted to tax the richest people in America. I don't remember. Well, that too, right. But we're talking about as far as Medicare for all. What's that going to do for middle class? Right. I just think how much will our taxes These debates are just for entertainment at this point. Until they pass some type of election security bill, uh, they're just for entertainment. It's Mm -hmm. amazing how for the first time, quite a few candidates last night brought up the fact that it was Russian interference in our elections, but nobody seems to be discussing how to combat it. Mm-hmm. Like, some election security bill needs to be passed. Until that happens, these debates are just for entertainment, and it'll be Trump 2020. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Front Page News. I don't even want to put that energy out there. I don't Maybe even want to say that. Just, just telling you to deal with the reality of life. Nah, B. don't need to run from reality. Nope. All right, well, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, attorney Benjamin Crump will be joining us. Yes, indeed. He's got a new book out called Open Season, Legalized Genocide of Colored People. And attorney Ben Crump has worked with... You know, everybody from Trayvon the Michael Martin. Brown family, the family of Trayvon Martin, Stephon Clark. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's on the front lines when it comes to activism. All right, so we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. 
We got a special guest in the building, attorney Benjamin Crump. Honored to be here, and thank y'all for what y'all do for the culture. Angie, you know how I feel. Yes, I've been wanting to get you up here for the longest, so I'm glad that we're able to make this happen. And I'm glad that you have this book out, Open Season. It, first of all, the amount of injustices that have been done to black and brown people is, like you can't even, every page is like 10 different stories. Like you said, laws disproportionately affecting us and harming us. And you also talk about killing us spiritually and not just physically. Absolutely. You know, um, the reason I wrote this book was twofold. Number one, Ben Franklin said that democracy is like two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. Mm. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know how that vote is going to go. But he said liberty is making sure that that lamb is well-armed to protest the vote. And so we have to make sure young people in our community who are being targeted like the lambs are well-armed to protest the school-to-prison pipeline, mm-hmm. well-armed to protest, you know, this uh, racist Jim Crow laws like Stand Your Ground, well-armed to protest the voter suppression, well-armed to protest environmental racism where Charlemagne children who grow up in South Central L.A. has a third of the lung capacity of children that live in Santa Monica, California, because all the toxic chemical plants are in our community, Angie. And they legalize it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Flint, Michigan, Newark, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico. And so we make the case in this book very clearly that we have to show America the hypocrisy within the legal system and how they're using the law not just to justify the killings on the street, but more poignantly, how they're using the laws to kill us in courtrooms with these trumped-up felony convictions where one in every five black men in states like Florida and Tennessee have felony convictions. Uh, And they're not very different from many of the other states. And the experts predict if this trend continues... One out of every three black men in America will be convicted felons. And, and that is unacceptable when you think about all the collateral consequences that come with being a convicted felon. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're dead, but it's like you have uh, you know, the walking dead. They just haven't given you the death certificate. Well, I agree with everything you're saying, but when you say we need to show America the hypocrisy of the judicial system, they know. They created it. Like, <laughs> they don't care. Well... You know, we we think that a lot of times they uh, know. But I have a lot of my law partners, some of them who are white, who are astounded by the things they see since they've been working with me in these matters of civil rights. You know, it, it's so deep, Charlemagne, when you think about uh, when we were in Ferguson, and you all remember the killing of Mike Brown, mm-hmm. and what really helped inspire me to write this book was the young people, they just refused to remain silent. And I remember specifically this one young brother who were out there when they had the uh, National Guard with the assault rifles pointed at him. He walked right up to the gun and he was yelling. And I was like, oh my God. No they, fear. Yeah, no fear yeah. at all. And he said, no, go ahead and kill me. Kill me now. Y'all gonna kill us when the cameras go. So go ahead and kill me so we can show the world how y'all killing us. Mm. And I remember thinking, that is so important. The world needs to see how they're killing us because some of them don't understand. Right. They think that, well, it's not as bad as they say. You know, crumping them, they just keep, uh, you know, trying to race bait and all this stuff. Look at the empirical evidence. 
I mean, don't take our word for it. Look at the fact that when you have black people who kill people and say self-defense, stand your ground don't work for us. Not at all. But when it's a white person kill a black or brown person, as long as they make sure we're dead, their stand your ground argument has a far better chance I mean, of success. Look at the Castle Doctrine uh, uh, law. The fact that they even thought of giving Amber Geiger <laughs> man. Castle Doctrine in a house that wasn't her. Oh, man. <laughs> what you talking about, Charlotte? <laughs> it was the most asinine thing I've ever heard of that you get to have the Castle Doctrine, even though it's not your castle. <laughs> it's both them jaws, Castle. You talk about that in yeah. the book, a specific situation, right? Where Absolutely. there was a undercover police officers. Oh, man. It is so deep. Uh, Trayvon Martin, Angie, was not my first time hearing Stand Your Ground. Mm -hmm. Trayvon Martin, because it was the number one news story in the world and because it became the conscious for Black Lives Matter in America, everybody thought uh, it was introduced to Stand Your Ground. But an old black man named Isaac Singletary was the first time I had ever being acquainted with Stand Your Ground because we were trying to use it to argue when they had these undercover police officers come and set up uh, drug deals near his property. He was an old black man who didn't play that in his community. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the projects uh, across the street from him understood that Pops weren't going to let you sell drugs on his property. And so he owned a house and he had his birth house right beside it. So this Hispanic guy and this white guy set up shop. And when Pops came out there with his little 22 in his T-shirt that they call a wife beater on a Sunday afternoon, had his fried chicken still on the oven. He had his little 22, and he said, get the hell off my property. And the undercover police officers claimed that they identified themselves as police officers, which our experts said they would never do because once they give up their cover, right, their no, cover is blown. Mm. And so what then transpired, even though this man had this little 22 and seemed like all they had to do was get off his property, they claimed that he shot at them, and that's where the story becomes convoluted because, you know, in the projects, everybody watching. Mm -hmm. And they said, no, nah, no, nah, the old man pointed the gun, but he didn't shoot. They were the first ones to shoot at him. They shot him. He backed up against the wall and then stumbled to his backyard thinking that these drug dealers were coming to kill him. They called the SWAT team in, and they came and shot Grandpa eight times killing him. After he had already been shot. After initially. he had already been shot and they're on his property and then we were arguing, stand your ground. And they said, no, no, stand your ground doesn't apply. And you say, hold on. Well, how does it apply when white people say that we felt in fear of our life and we defended ourselves, but yet when black people say it, it doesn't apply. That's the hypocrisy that we talk well, about we know the in that, open season. Right. Oh, that's just, that's just the foundation that America was built on, racism and bigotry. Well, <laughs> and it's this uh, implicit bias that's pervasive. All right, we got more with Attorney Benjamin Crump when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Attorney Benjamin Crump's in the building. Charlemagne? Now, Ben, you named the book Open Season, The Legalized Genocide of Colored People. Can you explain the significance of that word, genocide? It's not that they're just killing us in the streets with these high-profile police shootings like Michael Brown, like Alton Sterling, like Philando Castile, like Pamela Turner, like Stephon Clark, like Corey Jones, like Walter Scott, like Jonathan Crawford, like Tamir Rice. I mean, the list goes Atiana on. Jefferson. Atiana Jefferson. Atiana Jefferson. I mean, in her own house. But it's not just those killings. 
What's far worse, I submit to you, Charlemagne, and what we make to the case in America, Angie, is the fact how they kill us every day in every city, in every state in America, softly, mm-hmm. in courtrooms where you see they're killing our young lambs with these trumped-up felony convictions. And don't take my word for it. Just go in the back of a courtroom, any courtroom, and sit in the back and watch how when they have similar fact patterns of little white boys and white girls, mm-hmm. and they have fact patterns to little black and brown children, you see the little white children get a slap on the wrist, and then they get escorted out of court to live the fulfillment of their destiny and achieve the American dreams, and these black children get taken to the corner of the courtroom. They get fingerprinted, handcuffed, and convicted of a trumped-up felony conviction, and I do mean a trumped-up felony conviction, Mm. on some of the most unbelievable things you would imagine. But they never get the benefit of the doubt, the benefit of consideration, the benefit of possibility. They have this felony conviction that they now have to wear like a cross on their back for the rest of their lives. And everybody says, oh, once you get a felony conviction, you can't vote and you can't serve on jury duty, you can't serve in the Army. Well, that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to a felony conviction. I mean, if you wanted to go to college, you can no longer get a federal grant or loan when you got a felony conviction. You can't go through TSA you pre-check. Get, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Charlemagne, it's so deep, man. If you wanted to be a teacher, if you got a felony conviction, you can't get a certification. If you want to be a nurse, you can't get certified with felony conviction. A real estate agent, you can't get certification. If you want to be a beautician, Angie, for sisters, many states won't let you get certified if you got a felony conviction. Alcohol license if you're trying to open up a bar or something. I mean, they start taking everything away from you. And in fact, Charlemagne, if you are a convicted felon, and you served any time in prison, you can't even get life insurance. Mm. It's like you literally are the walking dead. They just have not given you the death certificate yet. I didn't know that. So what we have to do is not let this racist criminal justice system continue to define young black and brown people. We have to say, no, no, we're going to define our people, and we're going to make sure they are equipped with the tools to know that this system is targeting them and is killing them softly. Let me ask you a question. Um, You talk about all these high-profile cases. We've all heard about them. They've trended on social media. How have these cases brought about a change in the justice system, if if any? The great Johnny Cochran said it's a journey to justice, Charlemagne. I think when you look at Trayvon, which was, you know, the very definition of Black Lives Matter, number one news story in the world where mm-hmm. a black child was killed. You think about Mike Brown. Mike Brown and Ferguson was the impetus for these body camera videos. President Obama signed a bill to pay $50 million to local police departments to have these body cameras Mm -hmm. now. You think of Stephon Clark in California, even though the police officers didn't uh, get charged, but the governor of California, Angie, has signed the most restrictive police use of force law in America, and I hope it becomes a trend because what they said, Charlemagne, in California, when the police shoot a person, they now have to show mm-hmm. that it was necessary. You can only kill or use lethal force when necessary. So that now means you have to show everything else that you tried to do before you use lethal force. So at the Botham Jones trial, when I said that this verdict was for Trayvon, this verdict was for Michael Brown, for uh, Sandra Bland, for Pam Turner, 
what you really were saying, because those cases educated America, it put that Black Lives Matter in the stream of consciousness for mm -hmm. America. It has an impact now on the judicial system, even though it is the judicial system, the executive uh, branch and the legislative branch that have conspired through history of America to kill black and, black and brown bodies, we are now starting to make a difference because that's the whole reason this book was written right. is to try to prevent the open season killings of black and brown and disenfranchised people, oh, the marginalized people, the people who my grandmother called the least of these. This book was written to prevent the killings of them without anybody being held accountable in the judicial system who is supposed to be the safeguard that I'm part of this legal system. We're supposed to be the safeguard, the rooster that guards the hen house. Many times we are the person who are promulgating the injustice. Mm -hmm. And that's what we got to fight Yeah, against. the police always claim self-defense and say they were in fear yep. for whatever reason. And then when they bring that to the stand, like you said, the grand jury proceedings, they tend to side with the police officers because they feel sympathetic toward the police officer who they're like, well, I was scared for my life. And that's basically all a police officer has to say. Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of times they'll say, well, I didn't have my camera on or they don't show like all the footage and there's all these different scenarios that happen. They straight up lie. Yep. So what should happen to police officers when they lie, right? They should be convicted. Uh, absolutely. Just like a, a citizen should be convicted and serve jail time. Absolutely. Nobody should be above the law. And, and you're acting as my co-counsel now, Angie, because when you talk about those three magic words I felt in fear where the Supreme Court of the United States has literally given license to the police to justify any killing of a person, especially a black or brown person in America, by saying what they literally wrote out in Graham v. Connor and Garner versus Tennessee. This is what the police officer has to say. I felt them fear. I felt threatened. And if they say that, Charlemagne, they say, oh, you came Monday morning quarterback the police. You wasn't there. Thank God for the advent of technology. Because for years, black people and Hispanic people kept saying, the police brutalized me. The police uh, shot right. me. They they uh, tortured me. And nobody would believe them. Mm -hmm. But now they you have this the drugs video. They planted and people yeah. did not believe them. But, it, but video is not a, a catch-all because Alton Sterling... Orlando Castillo, right. he did you had video and, yeah. and it didn't work then. So we have to keep uh, screaming at the top of our lungs. We have to make sure that we hold a mirror to America's face. This book is a wake-up call that it is the law itself that they are using to legalize the killings. What's going to happen when civilians start shooting police officers out of fear? Because, because let's be for real, self-preservation. I don't. I don't. I, I get upset when I see police officers in those situations, but I understand it a little bit because it's just self-preservation at the end of the day. You want to make it home alive, but that person on the other side wants to make it home alive too. So what happens when that person shoots a police officer out of fear? You speak facts, Charlemagne. If anybody should be afraid, it's it should us. be us of the police. <laughs> yes. The police should never be afraid <laughs> of black people shooting them because it's very rare that it happens. Mm -hmm. right. Um, but you pray and hope that. The rule of law prevails because, unfortunately, we don't have more guns than them. We don't have more instruments of violence. And I believe, honestly, that it's about making sure our children are more intelligent than their oppressors. 
those who would seek to oppress us. That's the only way we win this war. We would never win this war with violence. We would never win this war with guns. We only win this war with intellect and diplomacy and courage. All right, we got more with Attorney Benjamin Crump. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Attorney Benjamin Crump's in the building. Charlemagne? Could you explain the importance of jury duty? Black people, when we get the jury notification, you got to answer the jury duty call, the summon. One of the hardest things to do as a black lawyer is to go in a courtroom with your black client and the only other thing black in the courtroom is the judge's robe mm. and think you're going to get equal justice. <laughs> right. Well, what's the point of saying jury appears if they're not going to really give you that? Exactly. Even if we don't show up, we got to make that. Go find the people. Make, go find other black people. Man, we, we got to do every church, every fraternity, every sorority. When you're uh, talking on TV, when you're doing lip service, every chance we get, we got to say, you know, if you had black people on Trayvon's jury, if you had black people on Philando Castillo's jury, just that one voice in the room mm-hmm. make them change the whole conversation. I mean, just if you there, Angie, they can't talk about it the way that they normally talk about it because you understand right. Trayvon's life experiences, his culture, his community. Uh, understand that if he smoked marijuana, that does not mean that George Zimmerman had the right to murder him. Even, right. hearing, even hearing Atiana Jefferson had a gun in her house. So the f- what? Exactly. What does that mean? It's the intellectual justification of discrimination and it's the law and the courts that are doing it. And that's what we keep arguing in this book. We got to let them see how they're killing us because if we can't get justice in the courts of law in America, we got to make our case to the court of public opinion for the world. But it is changing. Atiana Jefferson's uh, murderer was convicted. Well, you know. Arrested. He he was arrested and charged. Amber Geiger was convicted. Amber Geiger was convicted uh, only for 10 years. And I'm still pissed about that as... Mm -hmm. One of the lawyers. I was going to ask you that. Do you think because of those convictions and the arrest, you think we're witnessing the beginning of a change? I, I, I believe so. Because what Trayvon did, what Mike Brown did, what uh, Stefan Clark, uh, Alton Sterling, all these cases did, it raised the consciousness level to say, don't believe forensic file mentality or law and order mentality that the police are always good mm-hmm. and that black and brown people are always bad. You know, when he used to have a show... Uh, on Fox News, and I, I, I won't call his name the the spin factor. We were always Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Why you don't want Bill O'Reilly? Then? Hey man, I'll be giving credence to people. Don't want to speak his name. Yeah, but he, we would always say something where we would sit down and he would say, "Well, Ben Crump, you're a good lawyer, you're an honorable lawyer. Do you mean to tell me that you think all police officers are bad people? Because you know the majority of them are good." And I would look right back at him, Charlamagne, I'd say, do you think all, all black people, people are bad mm-hmm. people? Because uh, the majority of them are good. Wouldn't you agree? Because we can't let them have the high ground on morality. That's right. They can't say the police up here <laughs> and little black and brown people down here. Oh, it got to be equal. And we got to keep using 
whatever blessings that God has endowed us with to speak truth to power. It's just That's so the, crazy to me. They've he, murdered so many people. I think we just celebrated the, the life of a murderer yesterday with Christopher Columbus. Yeah, they do this to us all the time, but yet we didn't. we're the bad guys. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. We came like, to work how? and worked, and it was a regular we day. We didn't enslave people. We didn't <laughs> kill the Native Americans. How we end up being the bad guys? Oh, man, we talk in the book on, on the Racism Kills, Chapter 1, about this whole notion of slaves uh, being different in America than any other place, how you became child of property that you can never be free. Because in the Caribbeans and so forth, it used to be you were a slave if you would not accept uh, Christianity or until you paid off your debt. But in America, in the Caribbean, they said, well, hold on. This slavery is the best thing that ever happened. I mean, when you think about business, if you can control your costs of uh, labor, I mean, you can reap untold fortunes. And so they didn't change it, Charlemagne, because they said, hold on, what do we have on these black people who are the strongest people who can survive anything, survive the Middle Passage, survive, you know, the slave uh, castles in Ghana and the Senegal? What is different about them than any other thing that we can see? It's their skin color. Right. Mm. And uh, just like uh, zebra can't change its stripes, these black people, if we say they are damned, that they're always going to be slaves just by the fact that they are secondary citizens, that they're beneath us, we can keep this institution of slavery going forever. And so the universities like Harvard and Georgetown, all these institutions, Wall Street, that made untold fortunes off of slavery, we put in the book the reason why they don't want to come to terms with what they did and how they benefited is because they then would have to pay reparations. Mm -hmm. And but if they had to pay reparations, they would go broke paying us what is due to us for what we contributed to America. Even life insurance was built on the whole notion of slavery. I mean, there was no such thing as life insurance until they started insuring slaves as property on slave ships. And then when they got on the plantations, they said, if my uh, a slave die, lose my property. I want to insure that, Angie. And so now, if you die, I get $1,000 for you because I was counting on you for my crop and my profit. And so that then evolved into what we know as life insurance. Right. So we got to speak truth to power. And in the open season, we keep trying to do that. We talk about how Harvard was uh, just a little known college, but because Lawrence and Lowes, they ran the cotton textile factories. Even though they went from the South, they made all the money in the world off of the cotton off the plantations. I mean, that's how America became this financial juggernaut from nowhere off the blacks uh, backs of black people picking cotton. And then on top of that, Wall Street was created based on those Boston textile factory owners. So everything goes back to how America benefited mm -hmm. from slavery, and they still continue to benefit right. in many ways from slavery. Oh, the prison industrial complex is an extension. Slavery by any other name is just the same like my sister. 13th Amendment. Michelle Alexander says so eloquently in her book. Uh, and so it's these things. We continue 70 years later. We charge genocide. Man, Attorney Ben Crump. 
The book is out right now. Yes. Open season, legalized genocide. The of first thing people. I thought when I was reading this book, this woman had came up to me one time, and this is a crazy story. But she was basic. She was a drunk white woman, and she was like, "I don't understand this whole Black Lives Matter thing. Shouldn't all lives matter?" And I really tried to explain things to her. But I'm the next time somebody asks me a dumbass question like that, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, "You need to get this book by Attorney Ben Crump called Open Season. It's gonna make you say, damn. With this book, hopefully enough people will go out and buy it. Mm-hmm. Where 70 years later, that you all can come over to Geneva, Switzerland with me. We can go to the United Nations Committee and we can present the case that they are still killing Negroes in America. Oh, I'm all for that. Both yeah. inside I'm, I'm, I'm and more importantly, in the court. I like that type Absolutely. of shit. Yeah. And so we, we plan a date for all your Breakfast Club audiences. No, we, I, that, so, that should definitely happen. So we're going to go and present just like. Paul Robeson and W.B. Dubois, when it made the case that they're killing black people every day in America, mm-hmm. and it's more poignantly not what they're doing in the streets, but how they're killing us in the courts. Now, mm-hmm. like I will say this in conclusion, President Truman and Eleanor Roosevelt was pissed at the black people going <laughs> to air their dirty laundry to the world. So they're going to be mad at us, Charlemagne that's and Angie, okay. when and we, we going to say America is... And how that's okay, and that's yeah. a rehab situation, and they need help. But then you talk about the crack epidemic and yep. how that was criminalized. And, and go make the case. So in the next 12 months, let's schedule to do this. I know everybody's busy. This is how the revolution we, we, begins. We're we never too let's busy for it. liberation, my brother. Bless us. My man, Attorney Ben Crump. Thank you so much. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Centoya Brown. Centoya Brown, yeah. Centoya Brown Long. Now, she was on the Today Show, and she's basically talking about the man that she killed more than 15 years ago. That was during a time that she was being sex trafficked. And I'm reading her book, Free Centoya, My Search for a Redemption in the American Prison System. And when you hear the whole story about how everything happened uh, and read this story, it's really, really uh, something that I think people need to hear because sometimes you hear a story about somebody. She killed someone. Mm -hmm. She deserves to go to jail, but she was underage at the time and how it all went down and she was protecting herself and everything that led up to that. That's what she's really talking about. So she was on the Today Show and she had this to say about the man's family. I don't think that we can tell someone how to feel when they've been through something like that. And I completely understand, like they've lost a loved one. I took that person from them. And, you know, of course I would tell them that I apologize. If they would ever want an opportunity to speak with me, I'd be more than happy to you speak talk to them. them. I would. All right. Interesting. That man's name is uh, Johnny Allen. So That's she, interesting. She did say that she was sorry to his family. I mean, that whole thought process is interesting. That she would apologize? No, I'm sure, oh. she, I'm, I'm sure she has remorse. Uh, mm-hmm. she, she has the right to apologize. Mm-hmm. And whatever the family chooses to do with that apology, whether they accept it or don't accept it, they have the right to do that as well. Absolutely. Right. I think also being locked up as long as she was, as she says in the book, she had a lot of time to think about what she did and if she could have done things differently. But it was also a situation where she considered it self-defense. Like she would say, what if I had just fired the gun into the air then jumped out the window and ran? could have done that. But again, she was only 16 at the time and she had been abused for so long. And she thought the man was going to kill her. And she was, yes, uh, scared and protecting herself. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she's looked at all sides of what the reaction could be when she apologizes. Or does she care? She just apo- she apologizing because 
that's something she wants to do. For I think herself. that's what, I think that's what she wants to do because yeah. she feels sorry and apologetic. Yeah. Well, she I think the main thing is that she feels like the family. She would apologize to the family because they had somebody that they love taken away from them. Mm-hmm. So we she's sorry. Part. Yeah, she's sorry for that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. But I'm mm-hmm. just saying, has she looked at all sides because her apology may not be accepted. So if it's not accepted, she can't worry about that. She has to still do it because that's something that she wants to do. Right. And she said, if they wanted to speak with me, I would. But if they don't, then she won't. All right, Alicia Keys. She recently did Red Table Talk, of course, sat down with Jada Pinkett Smith, Willow Smith, and Adrian Banfield Norris, and she was talking about being this superwoman and what made her actually write those empowering songs. It was usually at times where I felt so unstrong, so unsuperwomanly, so weak or confused or feeling misunderstood that the only way that I knew how to get through that was to write what I was hoping for. Yeah. Even when I'm a mess, I still put on a vest with an S on my chest. Oh, yes, I'm a superwoman. Yes. That's, that's therapy talk right there. Drop on the clues bombs for therapy, damn it. That's the beauty of therapy. Get it out. So writing songs is therapeutic for her. We all feel that, that way. That episode sometimes. was dope. They had a, a, a red piano. Instead of a red table, red piano. Which really? I thought it was dope, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, drop on the clues bombs for Jada Pinkett Smith and Alicia Keith being bloods. <laughs> See it right there? Had a dope set, man. Okay. Right. Listen. She also said, I don't even know how to get mad. I've been doing this thing for so many years where I've been downplaying whatever it is I need because I never want to come off as too demanding. Mm. So she said, I feel like um, sometimes she would feel like she wasn't deserving well, of greatness. who requested the red to piano then? Somebody had to demand that. Maybe they did that as a gesture. Yeah, just oh. for the set. That's dope. <laughs> Listen, it's okay to not be okay. That's basically what Alicia Keys is saying. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. Thank you, Miss Yee. Charlemagne. Yes, sir. How are you giving that donkey to? Listen, man, I know uh, the debates were last night, but let's not get lost in the debates. Let's pay attention to what this fascist-ass regime is doing. Uh, Mike Pence needs to come to the front of the congregation. We like to have a word with him. Got to keep an eye on those guys. If you don't, all right. You missed something. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag? To say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now. Out. He's fired. He's fired. Trump, please step up to the congregation. Yes, you are When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. He's a jackass. Hey, donkey of the day for Wednesday, October 16th, goes to the vice president of the United States of America, uh, Mike Pence. Oh, the mayonnaise is heavy in this one. Look, man, I'm only using this moment to keep you all aware of the fascism that exists in this country, okay? If you don't think the Trump administration has become a fascist regime, then you are simply not paying attention. If there is any doubt that the Republican Party is now a fascist regime, then this should confirm it, okay? Fascists are totally against democracy, and Donald Trump is wiping his ass with the Constitution every chance he gets. And once again, the media and everyone else is acting like this is normal because alarms are never ringing the way they should be when we need them to. Uh, Last week, Donald Trump said that he wouldn't be cooperating in any impeachment inquiries unless the House had a vote to formalize the impeachment inquiry. But we all know that's BS because under the Constitution, there is no requirement that the House has to vote to have an impeachment inquiry. And that's why Nancy Pelosi said yesterday verbatim, there's no requirement that we have a vote. So at this time, we will not be having a vote. Period. 
Well, she didn't say period. But when 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 the the facts uh, when of the facts and the truth stopped Donald Trump? Okay, he already said he wouldn't comply with any subpoenas until the House votes, uh, which they don't have to. And he encouraged other Republicans and folks in his his administration to do the same. Let's go to CBS this morning for the report, please. You've now got the Department of Defense, the Vice President Mike Pence, and the President's personal lawyer Rudy Giuliani all ignoring new deadlines to hand over documents. They say they're not going to comply with an investigation that essentially they view as illegitimate. They want a vote formalizing the impeachment inquiry, but for now, they're not going to get one. Uh, yes, they are listening to their leader, Trump, okay? America, this is another example of obstruction and the Trump administration abusing their power. Uh, Mike Pence is obstructing Congress from getting the facts. This could be considered suppressing evidence, and if nothing was done wrong, which we all know it was, why are you not cooperating? The letter that was sent to the chairman of the House Intelligence uh, Mike Pence's counsel called to request part of a self-proclaimed impeachment inquiry, noting that the House has not yet taken a vote to open the inquiry. Once again, America, the Constitution does not require the House to vote on impeachment inquiries. But Donald Trump does not give a damn about the Constitution, okay? Don't let last night's debates distract you from the fact that America is now under a fascist regime that does what the hell they want, okay? The Trump administration tests the Democrats' chin every chance they get. Mike Pence is refusing to turn over documents. Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, is refusing to turn over documents. Uh, Budget Director Russell Volk is refusing to comply with subpoenas for documents. And American media is acting like all of this is normal. And you wonder why the BS this administration does is always normalized, okay? If we don't act like something is wrong, then the general public will think nothing is wrong. It's easy for Trump and his administration to spin this like it's nothing because Democrats in the media act like it's nothing, okay? It's obstruction. It's abuse of power. It's the middle finger to democracy and law. That is an attribute of any fascist and fascist regime, okay? They don't give a damn about democracy. This is why I said earlier, the debates are just for entertainment at this point. Do you think this regime, this administration, that does whatever the hell they want is going to ever have a peaceful transfer of power with anyone? Do you really think Donald Trump is just going to leave the White House? The same guy who has appointed 150 federal judges, has the head of the DOJ in his pocket, two of his own hand-picked guys in the Supreme Court. Do you really think there will be no funny business in 2020? Until they pass some type of election security bill, which, oh, they won't because another Trumper, Mitch McConnell, has blocked it and will continue to block it. Uh, you know, Mike Pence refusing to comply to the House and turn over documents they need as part of the impeachment inquiry. It's just another example that there are no more checks and balances and democracy as we know it in America is dead. Please let Chelsea Handler give Vice President Mike Pence the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw! Hee-haw! That is way too much Dan Mayonnaise. All right. All right. The reason I keep saying there's no hope for 2020 mm-hmm. is because I hope that... Uh, like my predictions for my Dallas Cowboys, I'm wrong. I hope so, too. Because usually when I say, uh, you know, a team is going to win, they lose. Okay. So I'm going to continue to say this. Even though I believe it, I'm going to continue to say it in hopes that, you know, the Trump administration loses in 2020. Okay. I don't see it, though. Say the Houston Astros are going to win. Nah, I don't care. But I don't want you to be happy, so I would never do that. All right. Well, who my Giants? Who the Giants play this week? You would know if he was a real Giants fan. Who would the Giants play? You was on the Jets D so much this week that you don't even know who the Giants playing. You know what? You was on the Jets D all week. I was not on the Jets D. I just wasn't on the Cowboys D. Oh, listen, there's a Brokeback Mountain 2 sequel that could be written if you want to be on some Cowboy D. No, I'm good. He said he was gay, so what? (laughs) (laughs) I hate you, man. We play the Cardinals this week, too, by the way. Say the Cardinals are going to win. No. 
I don't want you to be happy. I would never. Get you. All right. Well, up next is Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call Yee right now. Again, the number is 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Come on. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. What line you want to go to, Yee? Uh, let's talk to line one. Hello, who's this? Um, anonymous. Anonymous. What's your question for Yee? Okay, so I have been married for 20-plus years. Mm. Um, we have three kids together, but I have—I don't think I've ever been in love with him. I love him. I've never been sexually satisfied either, but... He's a good guy. He's a great father. Um, but at this point in my life, I'm, I'm getting older, and I just want to be happy. But again, I said we have three children. My two younger children would be devastated if we mm. were to separate. Right. Um, so I've just been kind of staying there because of them. Um, but I really, I'm just getting to the point to where I'm just really unhappy and I, I just don't want to be there anymore, but I don't know what to do because, like I said, I have my two young children, and mm-hmm. especially my youngest son, which he absolutely adores his dad. His dad is his hero, and I tried to, like, kind of talk to him and see how he would feel, and before I can even get it out, he just broke down in tears, crying, and no, and I don't want my daddy to go, and I don't want you It's just all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, 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 don't worry about it. I'm, you know, it's, nothing's going to happen, but I don't want to continue to just do this and not be happy. Like, I feel like I'm 40 years old and I've never experienced like being in love with someone. Right. And I want that. And you said so the, I don't know and you said the sex is pretty terrible? Yeah, it's always been terrible. Mm. So what, you just been having bad sex all this time? Um, well, I've been kind of doing my own thing on the side. Oh, so you've been cheating? Yes. And he has no idea? No. You know what's more devastating than leaving your... Uh, husband and getting divorced but at least y'all were both co-parent is actually having your husband find out that you've been cheating on him and having to deal with that and explain that to the kids that's true um i, I would i would hate for my children to find that out especially my daughter because i don't want my daughter to ever look at me in that light or think that that's okay because it's not I, i'm not i don't think that what i'm doing is right i just it is what it is at this point but i i do see what you're saying Right. And I don't think you also want to set a precedent for your kids to to want you would never want them to stay in something where they're not happy. Right. Or in love. No. So you want to talk about setting an example for your kids. Those are things you have to think about. I guess it's sit my husband down first and let him know. And then I guess we could sit them down and talk to them together. Yeah. You and your husband have to get on the same accord. Do you think he's happily married? Yes. Mm. <laughs> You're like, the sex is terrible for me, but he's having a good time. I mean, he's fine because I'm not the problem. Right. Um, you know, he is in that department. Um, and he's tried different things, you know, trying to get different pills and stuff like that. But it's just, you know, it's not what it is. Um, and, and I do know there's way more important things than just sex. So right. that's why, you know, also I say with him, because like I said, he's a great, he's a great father. Absolutely wonderful father. He's a good provider. Like he does those type of things he's just he can be an a-hole sometimes and very male chauvinistic Mm -hmm. even though we both work um i'm expected to still do everything around the house he does nothing right and you know he can still be a great father it ain't like if y'all get divorced he can't be a great dad but 
I'm I'm all for people finding their happiness, and if for you've been suffering for a long time and you've even been cheating. I can't imagine that this is a situation that seems uh, beneficial. And if he should find out and then the kids find out, I think that would be more devastating than anything. You got to do what you need to do in this situation because you don't want to keep living your life like this. But if you care enough, you shouldn't do those things that he could potentially and will potentially find out soon. Right. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. Have a good one. Good luck. Thank you. Asky, 800-585-1051. We got more when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hi, my name's Kimberly. Good morning. Hey, Kimberly. Kimberly. Good morning. What's your question for Yee? Okay, so I've been an executive slash personal assistant in corporate America probably for the last nine or ten years i love it i'm really good at it but it's the same thing every day 8 30 to 5 you know i don't really get to travel with this particular executive like i used to so basically my question is is there a way like do you have any tips for me to be able to like transition over to more of the industry side and strictly be a personal assistant because I don't really need anybody famous. You know what I mean? Like, I I do live in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. so there are a lot of people here, but people travel with security. I mean, I do keep business cards on me, but is it weird to just walk up to somebody and say, hey, I'm I'm a personal assistant. Like, call me if you ever need somebody. Like, how would you suggest that I transition over? Um, Well, a couple different things here. I think it is better to try to go through somebody that you know to give you a referral or a recommendation. So if there's somebody that you know someplace that you can actually approach and be like, hey, you know, if you know anybody that's looking for a personal assistant, I've been doing assistant work for 10 years now, you know, in corporate America, and I'm ready to make that transition. So get ready for that. Also, they do have all these uh, different firms that you can use that can get you some temp work. So that you can actually start off trying to tempt for somebody in the music industry. And then you can maybe perhaps once you start getting known, uh, transition into a position like that. Sometimes people really want to actually hire people who don't work in the music industry or previously haven't. Just because they feel like, you know, that that person isn't already going to have connections with certain people and they might like that. They just want somebody that's going to be very organized, that can send out those emails, that can keep their schedules together, that has no problem being able to travel at the drop of a dime. Are you swimming somewhere? And who's available 24 hours. Say say that again, DJ Envy. What did he say? I said, are you swimming? You sound like you're in the water. (laughs) Oh, no. It's raining in Georgia. Oh, so okay. So you are. And, All right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. So um, you should you yeah, should try. Thank you. I mean, do, also, do you guys have admins? Like, do you guys have assistants? How did you hire yours? Or how did you find yours? Um, mine, uh, the reason that I have the person uh, who works with me now is she was working somewhere else. She was working actually in fashion. And she asked me mm-hmm. to mentor her. And then she just started working with me from that. So I think it's important to build those relationships because people have to really kind of trust you. So if that means you got to go out and network with people. And even to meet other assistants or other people who work in the industry, they'll know other people who are looking to hire so they can refer you. Okay. All right. Well, you guys have a good morning and a good day. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Good luck with your transition. And don't be afraid to look on places like LinkedIn and other hiring places so that you can see what's out there and what's available. 
Okay, cool. All right, stay out the water, too. All right. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call Yee now. Now we got rumors on the way, Yee? Yes, let's talk about ASAP Rocky. He has his own issues that he's dealing with. We'll tell you about his addiction problem that is going to be on Angie Martinez's Untold Stories of Hip Hop. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey, I want to salute the one of our producers, Taylor. Drop on the clues bombs for Taylor. Why you want to salute her? Because she's in here with three bundles of Burmese, three fresh bundles in her hair. You can't tell her nothing today. Salute to all the women out there with our fresh bundles. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's get to the rumors. Uh, Let's talk ASAP Rocky. It's about time. What's going on? Well, ASAP Rocky, you can see him on Untold Stories of Hip Hop. You know, that's Angie Martinez's show, and they've Mm -hmm. actually put out a trailer. The show comes on tomorrow. And here's what he had to say about his sex addiction. I was always a sex addict. Really? Yeah. At what age, starting? Like, probably junior high. Wow. Yeah. Like, I was horny. I ain't even had no sperm in my testicles yet, but I, I literally just was horny. But you use the word sex addict. I've been a sex addict for some time, yeah. Since then? I presume so. I, these are things that people stay away from and they don't like to admit. I can't be embarrassed about it. I don't think he's a sex addict. I mean, I can't. I was reading about JFK Jr. and Ryan Holiday still, and this is the key, and JFK Jr. was a sex addict. He would literally get sick if he didn't sleep with another woman every yeah, couple of Yeah, I saw that. Days. He wrote that. Now, that's, that's not, you know what I'm saying? I don't hear But we don't know if he gets sick or anything or if he no, was diagnosed. I don't know if he was diagnosed. Or if diagnosed? He's, or if he's a self-diagnosis. Yeah, people actually go to therapy and treatment for that. And rehab. remember Eric Benet had to go really? get treatment for his sex addiction. So if I, I can have a card so that says I don't, I can just like, you, you don't know, get a you card. cannot get a card. <laughs> no, you cannot get a card. <laughs> so what if you marry a sex addict? Can you be mad if he sleeps with other women? Especially um, if you knew going in he was a sex addict? I mean, I would hope that a person, if they feel like they're an addict, they would seek some treatment. Or just be an addict to, to that one on that. person. Isn't treatment just like sex? Isn't treatment the poem poem? No, treatment is so you don't become an addict. Just like if you're addicted to drugs, yeah, you want to try to get treatment so you're not addicted anymore. Yeah, it's not you, a bad if addiction. If though. you're addicted to crack, it's not like you'd be like, all right, we'll take more crack. Are yeah, you comparing you sex to crack? No, addiction. It's an addiction. But it's not like a bad addiction. I don't think it's good it to be. It's bad if you sleep around addict. with everybody else. Right. Mm. All right. Now let's talk about Rolling Loud. They were supposed to be in Hong Kong this year for the first time ever, but they have canceled for safety concerns. They said, we are saddened to announce that Rolling Loud Hong Kong, which was scheduled to occur on October 19th and 20th at Art Park, is being canceled. After consulting with security experts, it has been determined that it is not possible to organize the upcoming Rolling Loud Hong Kong edition as we had hoped without endangering the safety and well-being of our fans, artists, and staff. So that's not going down if you were planning to go to Rolling Loud in Hong Kong. Now, Gina Rodriguez has some issues. She has issued an apology for using the N-word in a recent Instagram story. Here's that N-word usage. Voodoo. I could do what you do. Believe me. Niggas give me heebie-jeebies. So people were very offended by her using that word, and she did issue this apology. I just wanted to reach out and apologize I am sorry. I am sorry if I offended anyone by singing along to the Fugees to a song I love that I grew up on. I love Lauryn Hill. And um, I really am sorry if I offended you. I'm confused. Okay, niggas, let's talk. <laughs> All right, I'm confused. Y'all, y'all because keep... I, Latin, Latin people have been saying N-words for, for a long time. Fat Joe says it. 
J-Lo says it. That's what I'm saying. Y'all just keep moving the goalposts when it comes to who can use the word. Cypress like, Hill just, said it. I think people have problems with Gina Rodriguez in particular. Why? For comments that she's made in the past, if you I don't remember. know anything about her. All right, so. Who is she? Yeah. She's an actress, and she was talking about pay equity, and this was a huge deal when it happened. She was saying that, uh, on average, Latina women make less than white and black women, which is an untrue statement in Hollywood, because black women make less than white and Latina women. And so people were upset about that. She was what, they got, what they got to do with right yeah, now? Yeah, she was though. uninformed. What they got to do with this situation? And then um, there were other things that uh, she had said and uh, referred to before. Now, that's, I think, in particular, well, what they why they do don't with like this her. Situation. I'm, just, I'm just speaking to the context of this situation. I guess that's her separating herself from black people in that situation because she identifies as a Latina woman, and she's talking about Latina women make less than black women. And so I guess because she's Latina, they feel like she shouldn't be using the N-word because she doesn't identify as black. But now she is saying she does identify as black. She actually went on Sway in the morning. But what about all the Latinas who do identify? I mean, all the Latinas who identify as Latina but still use it. Like, I've... Fat Joe used it, Cardi used Cardi it, B. Nora used it, Kai 6 9 used it, J-Lo used it. I'm just saying, like, why is it okay for them, but... Right. And she said, as Latinos, we have black Latinos. That is what we are. I am not. So I think when I speak about Latino advocacy, people believe I mean only my skin color. I'm so confused. I'm lost. I'm just telling you what she said. I don't know what you niggas I don't... Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a, Fat Joe said. I don't have a problem with Fat Joe saying it. I don't have a problem with Cardi B. I don't have a problem with J Lo. I don't have. I, I, I don't have a problem with Nori. Like, they are. <laughs> Probably because I look at them as niggas. Yeah, that's what I said. They are. I, I, Maybe people don't look at her like that. I don't know. I don't know anything about yeah. Jenny Rodriguez. So, like, what about like Sofia Vergara? Would you have a problem if she did that? Who is Sophia that? Sofia Vergara. Who is that? Where's the she highest paid actress. Hmm? Modern Family. Modern Family. I don't watch Modern Family. I don't know who that is. is I she, know who she is. She fine. She's like the highest paid Latina actress. But J-Lo from the hood. She's from the Bronx, so I, I get it. Fat Joe's and, from the hood. And, and by, the way, the way, by the way, by the way, the hood. by the way, even, even, no, even, from the hood, from e- Queens. even outside of that, it's always tricky, especially when it's in music. You know what I'm saying? Because she's that, singing the lyrics. Yeah, she was just singing the lyrics along. Sometimes it can slip out of your head. I always go back to that that episode of Girlfriend when uh, Lynn's sister accidentally said it. It's wrong for them to say it, but sometimes when you just caught up in the music, you just... It, you know, it could come out. I've definitely been to concerts and seen all the white people around me yeah, singing that's along. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not making no excuses for it. I'm just simply saying I can see how that can happen. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All it right. It's hard to edit yourself when you got them songs going. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Yee. When we come back, we got the mixed revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, and, and I, I, I want to say happy born day to my, my little homie, Ivy Rivera, man. Drop on the clues bonds for Ivy Rivera. What's up, Ivy? Yeah. Happy birthday. Oh, I just saw her at CultureCon. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. She partner. got a cute new haircut. She do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Happy born day to my party. Yeah, happy birthday. I'm not going to post no picture of you since you got a new haircut then. I'm not going to do that on the ground. Okay. All right. When we come back to mix, and um, we were talking about K-Camp earlier, so we're going to start the mix off with some K-Camp. Yeah, let's go. It's the Breakfast Club. Let's celebrate Club. K-Camp today. Good morning. Yeah. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're kicking it with Angela Rye this morning. And if you just missed it, we were talking about the debates last night. And you had a question, Yee? Yes, we're talking about Andrew Yang. His universal basic income, it seems like that is something that, as you know, he's been touting since the very beginning of his campaign. So what do you think about Andrew Yang's performance last night? And do you feel like that is a good idea? So it's it's so funny. I feel like there were three candidates who really disappeared on stage to me last night. Mm-hmm. And that was... Andrew Yang is one of them. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden is another one. And Tulsi Gabbard is my third. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Yang, I think, to me, he has to at some point develop. Like, it, we're talking about Elizabeth Warren, who actually has plans. Bernie Sanders, who has plans. 
Joe Biden who has plans. Andrew Yang is going to have to flush out some of these plans a lot right. more. You can only hand out so many checks, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a problem. Um, he's, Andrew Yang is Ant-Man. Like, he's cool. He has some moments, but he shouldn't lead the Avengers. <laughs> okay, Th- that's fine. Yes, and mm-hmm. maybe he should. Everything doesn't go back to comics, bro. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening in here? The other thing that I would say is there were some candidates who had meh performances, mm-hmm. and I and I hate to say it because there are two people who also had strong moments. But for the the just the general consensus, I've seen um, Beto, who I just did a podcast with, and um, Julian Castro, who had a really strong moment on um, Tatiana Jefferson. Mm-hmm. The only moment we had to talk about racial justice and police brutality and violence in that debate because there was not a question on it was, was it? from Julian Castro, but he didn't show up in any other moment to me. Mm-hmm. I did not even understand why he brought that up in that moment. They were talking about gun control and gun because violence. Because he was saying that gun violence, police violence is also gun violence. So does he want to take guns from the police? I didn't understand. No, I think that what he's saying is that regardless of what the policy prescriptions are, mm-hmm. we have to ensure that there are parameters that folks are accountable. Um, and I'm glad that he pivoted in that way. There's no way that a shooting like that should have just happened a few days ago. Oh, I agree. And it'd be completely absent from the about debate it. stage. That's right. I will say this. There need to be seven people that need to drop out right now. Okay, who are your seven? Tulsi Gabbard, Tom Steyer, Cory Booker, Andrew Yang, Beto O'Rourke, Amy Klobuchar, Julian Castro. All oh, of them yeah. can oh, Yeah, him. All of them can go. Why? Because I, I just think, like you said, they only get 75 seconds to explain what their policies are to the American people. Everybody's not going to Elizabeth Warren's website. So let's keep the five that actually have a chance of winning this thing and let them be able to get more time to talk to the American people. It's like, interesting, well, though. Things have fluctuated so much from the beginning of exactly. the first options, debate though. to now. So Those five are so diverse. The seven I named have this, not gotten this, any traction. What you're doing by eliminating Cory Booker, for example, and Julian Castro, if Julian Castro was not on that stage, there wouldn't have been a mention of police a core issue for us. When you look at the um, Black Futures Lab, um, Black Census they did this year, um, police brutality is one of the issues. Well, that shouldn't that be up to the moderators, though? Yes, but in, in the meantime, what happens in a primary is you have people who talk about different policy issues that are important to them, mm-hmm. and once those voices are absent, the issues become more diluted and less diverse. So let's bring Mary Ann Williamson back to talk about reparations. Let's bring Tim Ryan back to talk she about ha- mental she health. she got to get poll numbers, and they have to raise money. I think right? there's too many options, too. I, I think people are, are confused. It is, there are it's a too lot much options. to look at. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. And there those five are diverse. there's a lot of time. Well, they- Mayor Pete's gay. Elizabeth Warren's an Indian. Senator oh Harris is a woman God. of color. Right. Bernie really Sanders. Today? You know what? Let's really Joe today? Biden. That's, really a, that's a diverse panel. I'm not doing this. Can we go to impeachment? How, how, where are we with impeachment? Are I was close? wondering how you said that. Ask. No, but you were like, where are we starting? I was like, really? You're asking I'm, where we're starting. Now, wait, now, what about impeachment? Where are we? Oh, now? my God. Are so, we almost there? Are we close? Are we far? Is it going to so happen? So here's what I have to say, and I have to tie this back into the debate really mm-hmm. quick, just to give some kudos to somebody who you said who just made it to the debate stage for the first time. You already want him to drop out. Tom, <laughs> Tom Steyer. Steyer. Mm-hmm. He has been calling for Donald Trump's impeachment for two years. Mm-hmm, me too. He said that. Yes, right. Have. He was up here talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? And yeah. so I think that the reality of it is, is someone who had the foresight, right. right, and the knowledge and the platform and the money to spend on commercials right, 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 right. <laughs> should have the opportunity to weigh in on this a little bit. I think um, my biggest frustration right now, and I just probably have to get over it, is why did it take us so long? We had so yeah. many examples mm-hmm. of, 
you know, corruption, so many examples of um, misleading statements of conflicts of interest, frankly, violations of the emoluments clause just on their face. Like, why did we wait until there was this Ukrainian example with Joe Biden? Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm just irritated by that. You know, it's too late, right? Shut up. It's too late. Anyway. Too late. The bottom line is, what is it too late? It's to too be late. Complaining? No, I'm talking about just oh, the when you see guys, when you see what Mike Pence and all of them are doing Sorry now. Sorry to tell you to shut up then. I thought you were no. talking about me whining. When you see, when you see, <laughs> My bad. I'm used to it. When you see Mike Pence <laughs> and Rudy Giuliani and all of them not complying with subpoenas and yeah. not complying with the impeachment inquiry, they're letting you know we don't give a damn about democracy. We don't give a damn about law. So do you think somebody like that in 2020 is going to peacefully transition out of the White House if they lose? So I don't think that anybody expects for impeachment to mean peacefully transitioning anywhere, mm -hmm. but I think the only pushback I would offer to you is that Republicans have one of their talking points right, and that is that with Bill Clinton and with Richard Nixon, there was a formal vote in the House before there was compliance with, you know, subpoenas specifically related to impeachment. But it's not required. No, it's not required, mm -hmm. but I am saying that part of the, that part of it is right. In modern history, there has been a vote, and I think they're calling Nancy Pelosi's bluff. But not complying with subpoenas? But I, they haven't they haven't been complying with subpoenas. So why would we expect them to do different now? Exactly. So the lawlessness has been existing. So then take the vote. Mm -hmm. Like the what what's happening right now is one, it was a lack of courage to not go forward with the impeachment when we knew there was enough, right? When Jerry Nadler was telling us, when Adam Schiff was telling us, when the Mueller report told us. But now you have the votes, you have the support, right. but you're still not taking the vote because you're afraid that it is going to compromise the House, the wins oh, in the House. Mercy. In the long run, that's going to compromise our ability to keep the House. So I'm just super frustrated with the strategy because it seems so short-sighted mm -hmm. and it seems like we'll compromise democracy and what's the right thing to do. Democracy is compromised already. I agree, but it seems like we'll compromise it even more by not doing the right thing. And I think that that makes everybody culpable at this point. And, Angela, and, I got to go. Uh, yes, oh. and also yesterday during the debates, like everybody would mention Russian interference in the elections, but there was no question about that. The question yeah. should be, okay, we know there was Russian interference. How do we combat that? Yeah. There was just mentions of it. So to me, I'm like... The fight is fixed in 2020, bro. Well, and it will be, especially because now it's clear that there wasn't just Russian interference. There was also Ukrainian interference. Mm -hmm. And we saw um, that it, it went down to the Florida gubernatorial race where Andrew Gillen was running. Yep. One of the Ukrainian businessmen was standing right behind Ron DeSantis, who was his opponent, at the a victory rally. Mm. So that's a huge problem. So what All do right. we do? There's nothing we can yes, do. Yes, there is. They need to vote on the election security bills, mm -hmm. one. They need. They have to. Oh They're, no 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 that. What I, you I, I, I will remind Angela because she said overwhelming votes. That's what all Democrats are saying. To me, what? that's an admission of defeat. I mean, that's how Obama won. What? No no. Oh no, it's a different game though. No. Yes. It's a different. Like <laughs> we can't just go. We can't. I think that it's irresponsible for us to tell people to go vote if we know that their votes could be compromised. That's all I'm saying. Right. But we still have to tell people to go vote. Yes. And but vote we need on to that make as well. sure mm -hmm. before we get to voting this time, we need to make sure that their votes are protected. Yes. That machines can't be hacked. Correct. Right. And that yes. the, the, the systems can't be compromised. That's everything we experience Because my fear is that if people feel like, well, it's compromised, so I'm just not going to vote because it doesn't matter. Yeah, but what but, but, the vote is fixed. But it can matter if we get them to pass. So the House has already passed these election security mm -hmm. measures. Mitch McConnell. All of these machines blocked. are hackable because because they don't have the funding to replace them. So as soon as they have the funding to replace them, absolutely your vote matters. 
absolutely your vote is your mm -hmm. power, but I feel like I am being reckless and irresponsible telling people right now that it will count. It's not necessarily counting. It didn't count in Andrew's race. It didn't count in mm -hmm. Stacey's race. And they got to stop suppressing votes, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so part of that means... Don't just believe your political power happens at the ballot box. It happens before. Right. So Call you have to two, make two, sure you're registered. 2243121. Make Mitch McConnell pass these bills. Yes. 202-224-3121. Yes, register, Angela. Yes, make sure that your registration is valid. Yes, make sure that you are fighting the power. Check out Stacey Abrams Fair Fight 2020. Yes, that's yes. Come on, what else yep. you got? That's, that's good. It. That's a good word. <laughs> Instead of just complaining. Well, thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank All you right. Guys for having well, me. thank you for joining us. When we come back, we got the positive note. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, shout out to Benjamin Crump for joining us this morning. Yes, Attorney Ben Crump. Yes, and I cannot wait to post that clip uh, of Ben Crump's plan to go back to the U.N. and present the case of, of, of genocide on black people mm -hmm. in America to the U.N. I think that is a brilliant, great idea. And he has some great things to say about Hampton, too, Envy, so he shouted you out. Yeah, I had to cut out. I actually had a, a closing on a home that, that I couldn't miss, but I missed it. I had a great conversation with him outside, and hopefully I'll have many more. Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Yes, man. Uh, I just want to talk to everybody that may be having some struggles with their mental strength this morning, man. Uh, you know, you woke up feeling away. It happens. I just want to tell you that mental strength is not the ability to stay out of the darkness. It's the ability to sit present in the darkness, knowing that the light will shine again. Stay mentally healthy, y'all. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?